Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. I'm Chris Pitzer. And we are going to look at uh, another unique item from, from the Chris Pitzer Library, the Portfolio of Underground Art. I want to ask everybody to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button. It'll notify you when we post a new video, which will help mitigate the kayfabe effect. When you see something uh, unique come onto this channel that you want to add to your collection, you race out to your local comic shop or Amazon or eBay to try to track a copy down. So does everybody else that sees these videos. So like these videos, subscribe, and hit that icon so that you'll be the first one in line trying to track down this stuff. And let these videos play through to the end. It helps YouTube share our content with other comics fans who have not found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. Thank you for your help on that. That is how we grow Cartoonist Kayfabe. Chris, what can you tell us about this? This is one of the latest or youngest things in my collection. Um, I feel like I got this like a year, two years ago. And I was never that knowledgeable about the underground. So... Um, this is kind of my way of getting into it in one easy package. Um, it's, a, it's a really nice historical document. As you note, as you're flipping through, it's a Shanus and Shanus production. Um, Shanus and Shanus, you know, Pacific Comics, Blackthorn. Uh, Bill Shanus would go on to um, work for Diamond and become like the guy who brought Ad House into Diamond and was like a big guy in Diamond. He's like third or fourth in command, I feel like. Um, so just interesting, like artifact of the times paying homage to the underground movement. Yeah. And guys who really were influential in the early days of shaping the direct market and some of the, uh, some of the stuff that we would kind of take for granted as like a part of the direct market didn't exist before these guys start getting in there and, and doing things like Pacific comics, yep. uh, you know, some creator rights coming out of that kind of, uh, operation with like Jack Kirby getting to own his own books, for example, but also that idea of pre-orders means we can be successful and compete with the Marvel comics without publishing half a million copies of something. And having to have a bunch of those returned back and pulped and not make profits on it. And speaking of limited edition, we see here uh, numbered editions. All of these prints signed by the artist, uh, starting with Rick Griffin here on the cover, and uh, 39 of 1,200 copies. So again, testing that early distribution channels and figuring out like, how do we? How does this work? You know, what is this new model that's starting like to emerge? I feel like this also. I'm not sure, but 1980. So I feel like, I don't know, time-wise, is this before Pacific? Right, Shanus and Shanus is before Pacific. A absolutely, yeah. and there would be ads in uh, like the little ad pages in Marvel Comics. You would see Shanus and Shanus. So let's dive in and start looking at these prints and uh, some of these underground artists. I mean. I'm a mark for Rick Griffin. I love, he's probably my favorite underground guy. So when he does the cover to the portfolio, which will be later in the back, um, he's going to be my number one plate that I put in this, in this um, book. Oh yeah, sure. Worth, worth noting. Yeah, like these aren't in a specific order. No, this is the pitcher order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also I'm a packaging guy. So I go out and I buy the Itoya Pro Folio version which is a little bit crisper, a little bit more like Mylar. You know, I cut these pages down to fit. These photo corners are a staple in like three or four rooms in my house. If I need them, I grab them and use them. And um, <laughs> I love that you have them stored in, in, in uh, more than one room because if you got to get to them quick. Yeah, you never know. Um, but I love this image of just the creator. You know, you've got the painter, you got the drawer, you got the anchor. It's, but it's like, it's not 
crystal clear. You have to stop and take time and look at it and figure it out. It's the way his art works. Also, Griffin, I mean, known for poster design as well, so of course let him do handle some of the typography and the lettering on this stuff. It's interesting lettering. It's a, it's a, a E.C. Seagar sort of font or something. When you put this together, Chris, did you consider just having the art on one, you know, one page per spread? Oh, uh, no. I don't know. For some reason, I, I like the double spread. Um, but I, uh, anyone who knows anything about portfolios, you get a number of these plates in an envelope. You know, sometimes there'll be an additional sheet that is signed. Not every plate will be signed. So this is nice that every artist yes. is signing this. Um, but this is one of, I feel, my better portfolios. So this is why I put it in you know, a showcase where I can open it up, flip through it easily, instead of having to open the actual envelope and pull these plates out to look. So this is, in my mind, a prestige collection. Yeah. I love how they, these artists are all signing differently, too. Guy Caldwell here with, it looks like a ballpoint pen, maybe? Uh, Greg Irons doing a more traditional pencil for a signature. Greg, Greg Irons there in the front, uh, or Rick Griffin, rather, in the front. Um, signing with, I don't know what kind of a device that is, possibly a marker. There is a little bit of bleed on that. Some but, thick and thin. Yeah, story. I was going to say, it's thick and thin, so it makes me wonder. Greg Irons, man, this had to be, you know, near near the end of his life. Same yeah. with Rick Griffin, I think. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool to be able to get a piece of his art as part of this portfolio to uh, to, to last on, you know, beyond him. And Guy is known for the doll, right? I think so, yeah. What's it called? The doll? The doll? I felt like that was his uh, comic. Curtain jerker. <laughs> Larry Todd on the left page and Jack Jackson on the right. Um, Larry Todd, not somebody I, I'm very familiar with his work. And that's a beautiful page. Like, talk about cartooning. Like, you start looking into some of these details. Guy's really going for it. Fantastic lettering throughout this background. It's a beautiful piece. I'm just not very familiar with... Uh, what what his what he'd be known for? Yeah, I know the name, and I feel like he might have had one of his comics, you know, out there. But I feel like he was an anthology guy. But I might be wrong. I'm not, again, I'm not really strong when it comes to the undergrounds. But you know, nice that there's a little sketch on there yes. too. Yeah, possibly a signature character, uh, literally. But of course, Jack Jackson, one of the first fanographics uh, artists to be published, I believe, out of Texas, right? He's part of that I Austin think so. scene. Yeah. Um, now his graphic novels, I would get into the. Uh, the portfolios were synonymous with like pencil mileage, man. It would be very detail oriented uh, presentations. Mm -hmm. I, I think of that with a number of these um, underground artists, maybe right or wrong, but I think of, I guess, a lot of the San Francisco underground artists that would go on and do posters and things like that as being these like super graphic virtuosos. So when you get one image, it means you can kind of lean into it. You know, it's not something that you're going to have to draw this over and over in panels. Like you just go for it. And the other part is you're putting it on a better press with better paper. So the reproduction should hold up. Yeah. Whereas all of like these newsprint, you know, you're not going to see Fine marks stuff. and yeah. pointillism and stuff. It's not going to uh, dot gain and turn into just a black mass on newsprint. All right. Gary Hallgren on the left. Dan O'Neill on the right. Dan O'Neill, one of the uh, the the main air pirate uh, potentially. Odd Bodkins is the piece right here, and it, he's like the cool thing about the underground cartoonists is that they would lean into their cartooning ancestors a lot. You know, guys like air pirates like Bobby London and stuff doing the EC Seagar, 
And the line work of Dan O'Neill really feels like a Bud Fisher, like, super early 1900s kind of style. Yeah, there are some marks on here that are not very common, I think, uh, in, in a lot of the contemporary cartoonists. I don't know what he's doing to make some of those marks. Scraping things, doing that, probably some white media, oh, I imagine, in, in some of those spots. And, and you can see that as he's like cutting into the hatching with what looks like um, white feather lines in some of those spots. His artwork to me is really made for the reduction. Uh, like seeing how it all tightens up, it really feels like that Mutton Jeff, Happy Hooligan kind of era kind of cartooning. This Gary Hallgren piece called The Bunny Club if you start looking closely, and, th and this is one, you know, pause and zoom in on your screen, there must be several hundred characters <laughs> running through different levels of like this treehouse setting, doing all kinds of stuff, which I associate with cartooning, you know, where you have these characters like, <laughs> some of it uh, maybe not, not, not suitable for all ages. In the shadows of the club back here, a lot of shenanigans going on. They're bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, take, I'm taking a look to see if he might have been like an assistant to Wally Wood who was doing like a lot of like those wood nymph mm -hmm. kind of kind of comics uh you, you know Wally Wood famous for having assistants I'm looking in the literature associated with this I don't see the name pop up but he was a part of like the Air Pirates as well it's a nice piece there's a lot of drawing going on there a lot of story going on there almost uh panels you know as you go through those different levels uh, both foreground background and the vertical kind of levels Kind of a nice piece like that. It's interesting to, to get these artists that we don't know and then see kind of how they hang in a portfolio like this. So here we have S.K. Clay Wilson on the left, Robert Crumb on the right. Um, two giants of underground comics. Cartoonist Kayfabe is sponsored by the comic books Ed Piscor and I make. If you want to support Cartoonist Kayfabe, pick up our comics and books wherever you buy them. Starting with Red Room, the Antisocial Network, Season 1 of Ed's Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. Trigger Warning, Season 2 is now in stores everywhere. This is Issue number 1, Issue 2 also available, Issue 3 coming next month, and uh, available wherever you buy comics, except for banned in seven comic stores. Uh, hopefully that number's not rising, but you never know. Well, you know what? The cool thing about it rising is that the bigger comic shops heard about that stuff, tripled their orders, man. <laughs> nice. WYSIWYG, A History of Computer Hacking. X-Men Grand Design, the Grand Design that started them all, including Hulk Grand Design. Can't wait Three to see what... oversized volumes of this available. Can't wait to see what your cover looks like when you put yours together, Jimmy. And Hip Hop Family Tree, A History of Hip Hop, available in four treasury-sized editions or two beautiful box sets. You can pick up my latest book wherever comics are sold, Hulk Grand Design Monster. This is in comic shops everywhere now with some beautiful variant covers, a retelling of the 60-year history of The Incredible Hulk, and coming in April, Hulk Grand Design Madness with uh, also some beautiful cover choices here by Ed McGinnis and Jeff Darrow, as well as my cover. Again, the 60-year history of the Hulk distilled down into two very dense uh, oversized issues. Plain Janes, the first young adult comic graphic novel here in America by Cecil Castellucci and me. And Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, which just went out of print from Image Comics, Ed. If you guys at home see Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive on your comic shop shelves, pick it up because it is no longer available for order. But the original Street Angel hardcover, oversized, uh, these are kind of like director's cuts, almost like artist editions. I think they're the nicest books ever designed. These are all still available from the publisher. You can get them wherever books are bought and sold. And now back to our regular scheduled programming.
that's a great spread. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. a powerhouse. And, that's a Hall of Fame spread. And obviously, right you know, both horizontals, so that's why they're together like this, um, at least in this book. But, um, yeah, no, amazing work for sure. This piece is always uh, important to me whenever, like, the teachers at the Kubert School are trying to beat into your head accurate perspectives, the importance of all of that sort of thing. It all hinges on this guy right here, man, because he is far below, like, yes. the horizon line. He's, like, not closer. And you just show them that. It's like, listen, if, if Robert Crumb can do it, like, I'm going to sort of go my own route with this. Interesting to think of what everybody has taken from Crumb over the years. Because I would look at it and think, like, you don't have to rule out your perspective perfectly. Right. You don't have to have straight edges on everything. A lot of lessons to pick up there. Yeah. Dude, S. Clay Wilson, I look at this and I think... Is he drawing it this big and reducing it? The amount of information on this page. And he's been doing that for, you know, two decades at, at, at this point uh, that this piece was created. And I think it looks pretty good, right? It looks amazing. However, <laughs> when we go to the book, <laughs> let's see if I can find it. More towards the end. Is it towards the end? Yeah. So this book um, is actually a nice little... What behind the scenes info about each artist, but also how the project came about. Um, but this final paragraph, Shanus and Shanus would like to note that S. Clay Wilson does not approve of the choice of paper stock on his plate, which is sad. But I don't see any problems with it. Yeah, I wish there was a little bit more detail of what <laughs> yeah. he objects to on this, yeah. uh, because it, you know, like I'm looking at it from a couple of inches away, and I can tell you the lines look great i don't see like an obvious dot gain or bleeding anywhere so i think I, I am curious what 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 he's unhappy with there is a different tactility that that like if you're not used to it it maybe it is jarring because like you look at it it is that kind of like linen yeah professional diploma paper it's not flat yeah the other thing that uh you look closely at this we often speculate on what kind of pen are they using or how are they getting those lines the line work is so fine on this like to do that much cartooning in in this space it's a very fine drawing utensil that he's using these guys are known for their you know the underground dudes especially the zap crew known for their chemical endeavors and stuff i was watching i forget if it was a documentary about uh the sex pistols or the clash where they were talking about like certain drugs are okay for certain types of instruments like you want to upper for your drummer or something so like what is the chemical that you take that will sit you down and just focus and draw something like that did they have adderall in the 60s i don't know man is that is that is that trucker speed back in the day <laughs> yeah right, right right yeah yeah <laughs> the hillbilly hair on All right, Rand Holmes on our left here and Rory Hayes on our right. Um, by the way, see our video on Rory Hayes, one of the underground artists that we have done a, a little bit of a feature on, a deep dive on, and um, and, and Rand Holmes. Any uh, insights into the pairings and how you ended up arranging these? Is it, does it follow, does no, it follow the book no, guide? It's just, it's just, I think, my, like, what do I like? And there's no scientific method. Okay. Yeah. Intuition, we right? Call that. Intuition, uh, vertical, vertical, horizontal, horizontal. That makes sense. And I mean, I guess also it's like, again, I'm not really familiar with these two artists until lately, and so that's my personal take or editorial. And, and, and once again, uh, Rory Hayes wouldn't be long for this world after after this set is constructed. 
Yeah, uh, Harold Head being probably one of uh, Rand Holmes' better known characters and books. I always think there's like that oversized version of that book, which stands out in my head because you don't see that many of those. Look at but uh, also edgy. comic book size available. He's being beautiful edgy. line work. You know, you see the feathering in the shadows, but also on the side of the plane and everything. Um, I always think that he would be like a, a good inker in comics. So, like he draws the way I think like inkers might draw if they were also pencilers. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it's all a little off. Yeah. It's, it's all a little static. Man, the control though on those lines, really impressive. And uh, Rory Hayes, very young cartoonist who also passed away uh, very young, unfortunately. Not sure when he passed, but this may be nearing the end of his life, uh, unfortunately. But a visionary kind of cartoonist. Like, you think of like Underground as like a title for a bunch of books, but Rory Hayes was totally different than everybody else. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Not just in the Undergrounds, but anywhere in comics. And his, his, uh, piece shows it you know it's it's we don't see any other cartooning like that in this collection yeah and the uh the the main sort of underground guys they all have nothing but good stuff to say about this work it's extremely original as our video shows you know whenever we go through some of his books and comics it's uh definitely a unique vision that he brings to comics which again i say it every episode i feel like that's my favorite stuff in comics like show me the thing in your head that i can't see anywhere else rory hayes is the personification of that that's got some of the zap crew representing robert williams on our left um man his stuff is tight and spain rodriguez another one of these like hall of fame kind of spreads that you've arranged chris the cool thing about the robert williams is that the composition is not unlike the paintings that he will grow to do well i guess he was he was certainly painting around this time but uh absolutely you know king of uh, what they call lowbrow art and the paintings he would do it would be these kind of pop culture riffs like you know the kind of the pop culture devil sort of character uh inject weird occultish imagery and just kind of be sort of sur surrealistic representative you know like drawing legit kind of stuff this is uh man a scene straight out of hell right yeah, yeah, just yeah, all kinds Dante's of inferno type. hell imagery the precision that he draws like lines with blows my mind it looks like it could have been printed on a machine or something some of these hatch marks and then like you see the little glimpses of like the metallic textures on the wood barrel you know the bands around the wood barrels i always think of that when i think of his like zap work of, absolutely like, the textures that he could draw in black and white i don't know if anybody else can do that his was my favorite stuff of of the zap comics and when i was a kid and phantom of the attic had them they like they hit a reprint level where the cover price was two ninety five, so it might be like reprints from like the eighties or something. And I just had X amount of money each week, so I just get a couple of Zap comics like every time I went to the shop. And like those would be the ones like you know the three or four or five pages mm -hmm. of Robert Williams. First off, they were the most cogent uh, <laughs> and understandable, uh, but also just it was it was a kind of cartooning language that I understood. You know, real good drawing. He comes from I mean he was he drawing and designing those uh those mutato ratfink tees for Big Daddy Roth before doing the underground comics and shit. Another one of these guys who's really interesting and in that like his paintings are every bit as, as fascinating as the ink work. Yeah. It's it's so I'm so impressed when I see guys who can do that, that can do both bodies of work at equal high levels. Not that many of them, but but uh Robert Williams, one of those guys. And Spain Rodriguez doing Trash Man. Again, see our video on Trash Man, one of the great underground comics. Love seeing this print because of everything he's bringing to it. All these different screen tones, uh, his usual mark making, but 
this is Spain Rodriguez. I mean, this is unmistakable. He understands print too. I yeah. I, I I look at this. And I love this graphic area. Absolutely. I think I think that I, he probably drew this close to size. Uh, he's using the zipatones that he by now knows that he cannot use on his comic pages and right. reduce down. This would not show up. This would turn into black. So he's got the stuff sitting in his in his studio, put it to use. And he also has the ones with the dots that are so far apart that that's also not valuable. You know, so he's just playing around with like the scraps that he has around. Interesting mark making with yeah. this like cityscape. And I do love the lack of holding line mm -hmm. with uh, that the these hatch marks to kind of sell you on the, the, the shape of the character's legs and things. I'm not positive, but it makes me wonder if he's the only one that used Zipatone for this portfolio. Yeah, that's what the, the thing that I, was remarkable to me, like surprising that they didn't like give some duo like the great irons piece like yeah. one of the great duo tone artists but he decided to go hocus eye on us <laughs> with his with his print so this would be the placeholder for the book the book goes in there um just some names that you know put this together we got shanus and shanus bill shanus steve shanus uh, David Scroggy, who um, you know became a player with Pacific Comics, and then later Dark Horse in their merchandising department. Um, just a guy who's been in comics, you know, for a really long time. Uh, Rick Griffin did the cover. George Oshevsky, is that a name you recognize? I, I feel like I've seen that name a lot here. He's credited with typography. I wonder if he's a guy that's done a bunch of design work, maybe at Pacific or at any number of these companies, possibly, because I feel like that name I've seen. I've before. seen that name, yeah. There was that same, same with Scroggy. I was going to say there was that typographer in like um, San Diego that had a machine in his house, and I just read about him. I wonder if that was George. I cannot remember, but he would like. For Pacific, that's who did their typography. Yeah. And, you know, he would just sit there and do the code, and sheets of type would be coming out. Yeah, everybody at home is going, what are you talking about? What's that? Is <laughs> yeah, that just that like right? Adobe? <laughs> right. Well, see, it's a really nice little book. It yeah, is a great book, I, and I, I like that it's number stamped, too, as part of the set. Yeah. I love the portraits. Uh, you, there's yeah. never much opportunity to see what a cartoonist looks oh, like. Rust. Uh-oh. I don't know where you're, how you're storing that, but you need to uh, ch check that climate control. Look at that photo. Rory. Rory Hayes. Also, you know what, by the way, shouts to Drew Friedman, who's going to have this <laughs> forthcoming book of underground cartoonist portraits that is up for pre-order right now. Fantagraphics, get us some copies of that thing, man, because we're going to have to go through those and probably have similar conversation once we go portrait by portrait. The cover is stunning. Robert Crumb with X-ray specs. I asked Drew, dude, there's a uh, border, like a weirdo type border around with all the underground car uh, characters, like all the famous ones. Did Is this some kind of, did, did Fantagraphics make that? He's like, no, I, I placed and, and redrew Amazing. all of those pieces in the style of the artist. There's a Bill Griffith Zippy. There's a Fritz the Cat. That's nice background on how this project actually comes together. Second paragraph. The underground artists are difficult people with whom to work. <laughs> go, go ask the Fantagraphics people who put together the complete zap. You notice you don't see a Victor Moscoso piece in here. Boy, and they double down. Well, this no, is and not that's what opinion. they say. Yeah. This is fact. <laughs> they say there are many fine underground artists, you know, who work is not represented. Richard Corbin, Art Spiegel, and Victor Moscoso. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, like like Gilbert he Shelton. like he really hangs his whole hat like on his zap days and is very proprietary over that stuff and it, it really serves you well when it's when you're dealing with publishers who might be making a couple extra copies without you guys knowing like he's very proprietary that way. 
but keep it moving. Uh, and then finally, the portfolio itself. I think there were two editions, a gold and a silver. Yeah, that's a nice a nice embossed and, a, uh, I guess, a foil yeah. on top there. Well, a shout-out to the uh, comic retailer who put this up for sale, pulling it out of his archive. You know who you are, but I'm not going to mention you because you might be my honey hole. And <laughs> maybe I want to come back and do some more digging. <laughs> that's it. Fantastic. Chris, thank you so much for uh, for bringing this on by. You are our honey hole. <laughs> Chris, can you drop a plug, man, and we'll get the heck out of here. Adhousebooks.com. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design Monster, number one in better comic shops everywhere. Hopefully they ordered enough and haven't sold out yet. Hulk Grand Design Madness, number one, coming to comic shops the end of April. This is a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk through my eye and hand, and uh, two double-sized issues. So pick those up, add them to your collection this month, and join me on patreon.com slash jimrug. Red Room Trigger Warnings, issue one and two on the stands today. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Banned in 26 countries, banned in seven comic shops, uh, but you could order those comics at the link in my in my link tree in the description below this video. My Patreon is there also where you can read these comics before they hit paper. Three bucks for the archive there. More than 200 pages of comics up there as we speak. Jimmy, what else do we have out there? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video, and you can find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Give them those motion orders, dude. We're going to be on our way. Read more comics. That's a wrap. <laughs>